Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. Today, I've got the wonderful Rhiannon Jenkins, and we're talking about how to make sure that you're not chasing your tail when it comes to purchasing a property. So she gives us some guidance and some industry insights into how to frame the type of property that you're looking at, how to create a buyer brief as it were. We also talk about the many steps involved in getting to that point and also ways that buyers can put themselves in the box seat because often an offer can be really more about the terms than the price. Of course, the price is often the biggest component, but you can actually secure a property by making sure you massage those terms to suit the vendor as well. So we talk about getting purchase ready. And we talk about some of the reasons why you might be looking for a property for a long period of time and what you can do about that. It's a really great interview with Rhiannon, which I'm sure you're going to get some value out of. Here's Rhiannon. Rhiannon Jenkins, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thanks for having me, Mike. I nearly forgot the name of the show there. <laughs> it's just uh, the sort of professional interview you could expect uh, us to be having. Now, um, I've been looking forward to having you on the show, and we're going to talk, I suppose, high level, the the buying process. The topic of the show is how to avoid chasing your, sta- your tail when it comes to purchasing a property. Um, now, the first point that we sort of talked about off air is is basically deciding what you're trying to buy. Now, that sounds very, very simple, but I hear from buyer's agents all the time that there's a buyer brief and then keeping the buyer to stay within the confines of what they already agreed can be quite a task sometimes. Yes, definitely. And sometimes, you know, that brief can change because you really have to be in the market and experience it for yourself to really understand what it is that that is going to work for you as a as a home to live in or an investment property. So it can change, but part of our job is to get is to talk to the buyer and say, you know, this this is the brief, this is the parameters that we're working within. Um, do we need to change any of these elements, or is there a bit of emotion that's creeping in? Mm. Now, it begs the question, and I'm going to try and come up with a clunky metaphor and see if I can bash it into shape. When when we're using a graphic designer to design something for our business and they say, you know, what do you want it to look like? Uh, I sort of fall down and have no idea I, and, and get to the point where if you could just give me three examples, I'll tell you what I like. Now, is is that a, a workable metaphor for for people that are looking at purchasing a property? Because I guess they they know what they like when they're in the property and they can see it see it. But is it hard for them to define on paper? Absolutely, I think that's a good metaphor to use because similarly, uh, we'll ask our clients, "What have you missed out on? Um, what are some examples of properties that you've been looking at?" And then they'll send us the address of those properties and then we're actually at a really good insight into what it is that they're looking for. Uh, of course, if it's from an investment perspective, you know, we're going to ask a little bit um, of those deeper questions around capital growth and yield requirements. So, yes, sometimes they say, I, I really like this and, and that's that's great. That's what they like. But what do they actually need and require in a property as well? Um, are a bit of different conversations, but yes, getting a getting an insight into what they have seen or what they've missed out on so far is a really good indicator of what they're trying to achieve. Mm. And typically, when people sit down and they are describing this property, would it be things like 
X amount of bedrooms, these suburbs, you know, a, a car park or a, a driveway or, or something. Is that typically what people come to you as or do they sit and say, you know, this sold on realestate.com, you know, last year and, and we want that? There's a bit of both. So we definitely get the scenarios where they would say, this is, I've missed out on this and I'd really like to replicate this and we can absolutely work with that. Uh, but if we're sort of starting from scratch, you know, the first and foremost is understanding the budget and what what are the parameters that uh, we're working with in terms of the budget. And then we look at, you know, the minimum criteria, which is the bedrooms, bathrooms, car, location, and anything that's really important to them or important within that particular area in terms of tenant demand uh, as well is really important. So we we have that conversation up front, um, usually, you know, before they're a client as well. We're just discussing the options and understanding what it is that they're hoping to achieve. So there's a there's a variety of different clients. Some will really have a clear picture of what they want and what they require, and others are really starting from scratch and need a bit of help fleshing that out. Mm. And, and speaking specifically to property investors, I suppose it's a less emotional thing. They might not necessarily even go and look at the property themselves. When they have an idea about, you know, I need, I want to get an investment property, do they typically have a, a, a budget and an area or do they typically look at the things that are important for investment, you know, such as vacancy rates and such as the, the demand for that type of property from tenants? Uh, in my experience, people have typically already had a uh, location and type of property already decided, uh, and then we work into the finer details of what that looks like, and we will go into the information around vacancy rates and what makes those particular suburbs you know, a good choice versus a suburb that's a little bit further out or further in, and it's just looking at the various compromises all the trade-offs that can be made as well. But yes, typically people will have that location and property type in mind. Yeah. And what about the disparity between the buying process from, say, a buyer's agent to your average investor? Are investors on the same page? Like, okay, step one is to do this and step two, and we don't think about step eight till we've done five and six. You know, is there a clear process for you? And, and is that a, a, a sort of a point where you need to get the investor on board with you? That's a very good question. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess people would have their own processes and ways of approaching things. We do have a process, but it will differ depending on every property and the negotiation. There's multiple factors that are involved and we guide them through each of those property uh, scenarios or negotiation styles. But we will have that process and there's various things that we tick off as we go and educate the buyer on what needs to be done at what time. Uh you know, a lot of buyers maybe just, you know, they find a property themselves and then work backwards with what's required. But with our experience, we know the order of events that we need to work towards and we take the buyer along that process with us. Yep. And okay, so let's say we've we've shortlisted something and we uh, we've done the due diligence, which presumably is part of the process. Um, and the the buyer is saying, okay, well everything's stacking up, all the reports, you know, the pest and building, and we've checked the zoning and the caveats or 
whatever it is you buyers agent people do, um, how do we make sure that they're in a position to to put themselves in the front running to actually be the purchaser of, purchaser of that property? If it ticks all the boxes, how do we give them the best chance of actually securing it? Yes, it's a, it's a good question around positioning the, the buyer. So, yes, if they've done all of their due diligence, it's about having a conversation with the agent in particular around their particular process and their vendor's requirements and also the buyer pool on that particular property as well. So this conversation actually starts right from the beginning of once we are calling the agents and finding those properties for the client, it really starts at that point. And we may know the agent and their style and how they work. And then through the campaign, we get to understand the vendor's motivations and requirements and, you know, possibly the other buyers as well. We'll know that from the competition that surrounds the property as well. You know, what are the comparable sales? What did they achieve? That's all a part of the due diligence as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really getting clear on what the opportunity is in terms of yeah that that property itself and what's the the price point as well that's expected that's required um to secure it and assessing that pricing as a part of the due diligence as well and i suppose that the pricing it seems obvious that whoever's got the most money to spend is going to get the property but that's not always true right because the offer has nuances to it over and above the actual price. So you you can secure a a property for cheaper than someone else with that positioning, right? Yes, correct. So it's all about timing. Timing is, is super important. So if you understand what the steps are involved up front, you can get ready very early on. And that's coupled with staying close to the selling agent and talking to them about what needs to happen. You know, is it private treaty? Is it uh, an auction campaign? Understanding the timeline that um, they and their vendor are working with and then making sure that you are ready as early as possible because it can provide you with more of a competitive advantage. Um, And you're right, it's not always price. It can be terms and timing. Yeah. And when you compare someone that has done this process properly, you know, obviously if you're working with a buyer's agent, they're going to make sure that that you're not going to get to the last moment and go, oh, what, you don't have finance approved? That would be a that would be a rookie error. But what are some of the rookie errors of people that perhaps are looking for an investment? They haven't had a lot of experience buying property that you're able to sort of swoop in and make them look like amateurs and 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 have less of a chance of actually securing the property that we could learn from. I think it's understanding the market that you're operating in as well because if you understand the properties that are selling around you, the types of agents who are very um, strong in that area as well, understanding you know the volume of listings as well, how many properties are selling in that area um, that match the brief and requirements. So it's all of this this context that you already have going into the the process and the regular buyer has to start that from scratch and that's an education and learning process for them and they might need to go out inspect and build up their relationships with the selling agents whereas a lot of the time we we start with that as the baseline is understanding the market understanding who the agents are and the process that you need to work through so we already start ahead of the regular buyer. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have 
told me that they've had anecdotal evidence to say agent A loves buyer's agents. Agencies had awful experiences with buyer's agents. I guess it depends where around the country, and you're, you're in Sydney, which is probably the buyer's agent capital of the world, maybe, or at least people are much more used to it. How, how typically do agents respond when, they, when you introduce yourself as a buyer's agent? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. I think it depends how you introduce yourself and how you build and continue that relationship with them. And typically I found selling agents good to work with uh, because I'm asking the questions up front and understanding how they like to work and sometimes that might, ne- not, might not suit our requirements or our buyer's needs and, and that's okay. You work with it or you find the next best opportunity. Yep. So I think it's just asking as many questions as you can at the right time and checking in with the agent, not on a daily basis, you know, if you're searching, but it might be a weekly check-in or something like this. But I found selling agents, yes, to be to be good to to work with. And you sort of have that colleague to colleague um I guess level as well because you know as buyers agents we obviously represent the buying side sellers agents represent the selling side so we just operate on that playing field. Mm. And if you come across somebody that has an agent that has a bit of a prejudice against buyers agents so let's say we're talking about a a property investor that has an agent a buyers agent working on their behalf you know some of the stories that you hear are things like an agent might say look this one we haven't signed the deal on yet but it's coming up here and i know you got a buyer looking that in that area i've heard about buyers agents sort of mentioning that to other sales agents who then go and knock on the door and try and steal the listing is it are these typical things that tend to happen in the world, or these are those sort of one in a thousand examples that, if that happens to an agent, they just they just decide to hate all buyers agents by proxy of that? Well, I haven't really come across that, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about those scenarios, but you might get selling agents that, um, you know, treat buyers agents, uh, you know, similar to any other buyer and might not have enough time to talk to you um, at a particular time, whatever that may be. But I've had pretty, you know, just general (laughs) transactions with with selling agents and I haven't had any issues. Um, Yeah, there may be issues out there, but I'm not I'm not too sure. Obviously, you're playing in a nice neighbourhood. I think there might be some dirt <laughs> there. So, what about what about the people that you're you're working with, or, or perhaps investors that are looking for themselves, and they've been looking for a long time. You know, they've found opportunities, they haven't been able to do the negotiation. I, I know myself. I get to the point where I'm like, I've just had enough looking, so I'm going to relax my standards and just buy something, which is, in all honesty, an awful an awful approach but what advice do you have for people that are looking long term and are struggling yes so if a buyer's been looking you know say for 12 months plus 
what I would suggest is, you know, it, it can be a confronting scenario because there's a mismatch or an issue there. You know, why haven't you bought if that is your goal and that's what you've been actively working towards? So what I would suggest is actually looking at past sales history. So going on to realestate.com or domain and actually plugging in all of your criteria and then having a look how many properties have sold within your budget, within your criteria in the past 12 months, uh, because that can you know be a confronting number. If there's only a few that have sold in the past 12 months, well, it seems like there could be a mismatch. So then it's about getting very honest with yourself and going, okay, what about my criteria isn't matching? Is it my budget? Is it the type of property is not really available in the areas that I want to purchase? So it can be any number of those elements, but actually looking at the sales history and the data can reveal clues as to why you're not purchasing within your budget and your criteria. And I think If there are lots of properties that have sold well within your budget and your criteria, the questions that the buyer could ask themselves are, you know, what are my obstacles? What are the things that are actually preventing me from buying if it is, in fact, my goal to buy? So it's being very honest and saying, what's the missing link? What's the challenge here that I'm facing if it's been a long period of time? And I'm I'm willing to take action, but it just hasn't happened. So it's about being honest with yourself and seeing where the issue may be. It's a I mean, that's a very difficult exercise at the best of time, you know, <laughs> like look looking at yourself in the mirror and going, you know, what are you about? Right. Um, <laughs> when it comes to to buyers that, you know, you you put you 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 put all the effort into finding a property that perfectly matches their brief do you often find that that people aren't just nervous about pulling the trigger is there something kind of innate in a lot of people where it's like okay well you know i was so focused on finding something and that seemed like it was never going to happen now that i've got it i actually am a little bit paralyzed by it yes yeah potentially it could be somebody that is nervous and i would ask you know what about that process what about that property makes you nervous and pinpointing that because Chances are somebody could help you with that particular element. Um, You know, it's asking all those people that are in your property team around you, asking them as many questions as you need. Uh, Because if you're not comfortable, you're not confident with the process, pinpointing where where and what makes you nervous about it and then finding the right person who's the professional in that area to help you along or provide you with some, some guidance or some answers. And if if an investor has got to that point um, and they're looking at a property for themselves, I mean, wh- where do they turn? Like they, they've done the research, they know the type of property that they want, they've seen something in their budget, but they just kind of they, they've got a little bit of a block, or they're just worried about it, or they're wanting a bit of a backup. I mean, is that something that buyers agents can help with piecemeal? Is there you know research out there? Are, are there tips and and ways that people can? get across the line and actually get that property? Yes, absolutely. So if a if a buyer's found a particular property uh, but they're not really sure what to do next, then buyer's agents can, well, we definitely do offer a service where we evaluate that particular property and negotiate on their behalf. So definitely the buyer's agent uh, side of things is, is definitely a service to turn to. Uh, the buyer might want to call a few different buyer's agents that are local and specific to their area and just say that they have a property, they're not really sure 
uh, what to do next or what the steps are. Do you have a service that can accommodate my needs for this particular property? Uh, Or if you don't have one that you want to pursue, you could still ask the question and say, look, I'm comfortable and I have time to do my own researching and searching, but once I've found it, can you help me there? So, yes, I'd definitely be asking around buyers agents in in your area who who are licensed and, um, yeah, can help you. Licence is very important. There are plenty of ways that you can run the research on on that online. So, if if we could if we could bookend this by talking about the uh, no bookend means front and back. If we can back end this, I just realised that didn't work. My metaphor. That's okay. Before, but I didn't the, notice. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I probably didn't need to mention it, and we are still recording. Let's finish this um, by talking about. The, the, let's say the best three tips that you've got for someone um, in in getting that transaction done because we're talking about you know getting getting frazzled you know going around in circles not being decisive you know what what does the person need to do to make sure that if if they're the time is right for them and they they want to purchase this type of property that they get in there and they get it happening yes yeah, so my top three number one is is goal setting. So understanding why you're purchasing this property, how does it fit into the bigger picture for you and what are you hoping this property can achieve for you? And then number two is getting really clear on that brief. So even if you think you know what you're looking for at a high level, get very clear on your must-haves and your nice-to-haves. There's going to be two sections, the things that you won't compromise on and the things that you will if it does come down to it. Um, number three is having your team around you. So having all of those property experts, so having a property lawyer or your conveyancer, having a strategic mortgage broker, your accountant, financial planner, you know, having that full team and, of course, a buyer's agent if, if that's a part of your process as well. And asking as many questions as you can. You want to make the unknowns known. So just ask all of the questions. And even if you're not sure if that particular person can help you, just say, I, I need help in this area. Can you direct me to the right person? Yep. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, it's okay to admit that you're a human and you might not do this every day. Like yes. uh, buyers agents can sometimes take for granted, I guess. Rhiannon, that's a, that's a very, very good insight into how to get focused and how to be decisive and how to make sure that if you found the right thing in the right place in the right uh, budget to, to, to actually go and pull the trigger and, and start your, your portfolio off or continue building it. So thank you very much for sharing all of those tips today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Cheers.